Welcome. Hello, everyone. You've made it tough shit. Podcast puts first world problems into perspective. That is incorrect. You have made it to uh, the maiden voyage of Are You Ready for a Pirate Podcast? Wrong. I'm Chris, and this is my co-host. Co-host? This is my Corey. co-host, Robin Hobb. Uh, no, well, it's not. This ship's sinking right off the bat. Actually... I found some good news slash disappointing news. Involving. I know you're going to be bummed. Okay. Um, we're not going to be doing a pirate podcast because there's already one out there. Oh, bummer. Yeah. It's oh, called the man. Pirate History Podcast. And not to advertise another podcast on our podcast, uh-huh. I listened to the first episode. It's pretty fucking good. Is that? Yeah, he's good right off the bat. It's good. not going to take even like 50 episodes to get there. His introduction's fantastic. I'll and, have uh, to check that out. It's pretty fascinating. But back to our podcast, Tough Shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you like us, we have an Instagram. It's at TS Podcast Official. If you don't like us, still follow our Instagram. Yeah, we're and, desperate for listeners. And listen to us on various places you can listen to at podcasts. At least half a dozen of them. Yeah. Well... Today's topic is taxes. Oh, it's exciting. Yes. Mankind has had to deal with taxes in one form or another since ancient Egypt. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Long time ago. I didn't know that. Yes. Supposedly. I don't know. I've been a little distracted this week. By pirate podcasts? Well, yeah, I've been getting really into pirates. And uh, (laughs) as I told you 10 minutes ago, I wrote my whole story today. Oh, yeah. Because I think I mentioned- That uh, uh, on the last stop server that we're dog sitting and uh, this fucking dog. I just don't. I just get. She's just so sweet. Uh-huh. She gets so excited. A real quick. I, this is my excuse today. I mean, Why she late? gets so pumped uh-huh. when you walk in the door. And we're yeah. just fostering the dog. Yeah. Derek calls it the kidney bean. Where they like just like shake oh, at yeah, the door. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. gets so excited to see me. I'm concerned about, like, if Mandy got that excited and started doing that, uh-huh. I'd take her somewhere to get looked at. <laughs> so I just feel bad so sitting you're, there. So you've never had that much love and attention in your life, and you well, don't I'm know sure how to handle it. That'll get me some trouble. <laughs> but nobody gets nobody gets so excited. You don't get so excited to see me that oh, you fall on no. the ground and start shaking oh, around. Chris is here. Yay. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> no, no, that's So I've been good. just walking the dog I'm, and not I'm, I'm glad you have a, a, a dog show. So, does your dog pay its taxes? I don't know. I well, guess I'll find out at the end of the year. Okay. Well, some complaints oh, with yes. taxes. Okay. You know, the, the podcast yes, we're doing yes. today. Okay. Yes, we're doing taxes. Chris's, I, <laughs> Chris's Dogs and Pirates podcast. <laughs> I do have a dog podcast I'm working on. But go oh, ahead. Okay. Do but, you have some complaints well, about Well, taxes? I, I can't understand why people would have any complaints with taxes. Everyone, I'm fine with it. Everyone loves and from accepts taxes. Well, considering countries have gone to war over them, it's pretty <laughs> obvious why they're unpopular. Uh, we all bitch about our tax, and you know, it, it, I get it. It's a necessary evil for functioning society, and we really don't have it as bad as some other places in the world or in the past. Um uh, so but the I, Netherlands that is the highest. Oh, tax it's yeah, well over fifty percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's brutal. I don't know where the U.S. Uh, falls in that. I know in the twenties is fairly yeah. high, but I don't. It's, it's I know a, a third high. of my fucking paycheck disappears every week. And oh, we're yeah. in New York, so I don't really see any results from it. Well, that's one of the biggest. Well, for me, like one of my biggest bitches too is is how poorly it's managed and spent. You know, lots of people think their taxes are meant for roads and schools and other feel good feel goodery items but 
over the you know over half your taxes are getting pissed away on cronyism and special interest subsidies and bloated pensions and mismanaged government programs and all that bullshit but i guess in the realm of the first world some common complaints are like high tax on luxury items uh, sin taxes and you know disproportionate tax rates but i can agree with all of those so you know, and of course, I think my disdain for tax comes from living in the state that we live in. So one of the highest in the nation. So I'll get off my soapbox now. I don't know enough to say a whole lot. Yeah. In fact, if there's any tax questions that somebody had and they were going to ask you or me, they uh -huh. should ask you. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck I'm talking about. I know I get pissed off about the roads in New York. It's This is spring, so it's a spring thaw. And springtime Roads in New York, destroyed. every road just falls apart. There's just holes in the earth, and everybody loses their Corollas in them. <laughs> That's what I know about taxes. <laughs> yeah, don't drive a smart car this time of year. Oh, I okay, I have one. Okay. One personal story about taxes. Uh -huh. It doesn't really, I don't know if this counts or not. Um, taxes that have affected me. Uh, okay, how do I put this? We live next to an Indian reservation which has a lot of tax-free tobacco. And when we were kids, we had no fucking money, so we would go to these smoke shops on the reservation yep. where they would have uh, sample packs. We smoked for like two years. Mm -hmm. They had sample packs of cigarettes, so we would grab an empty pack and fill it with randoms, and that's how we got our cigarettes because <laughs> we were little pieces of shit. Yep. That's the closest uh, I got to a tax story. Can't, I can't wait till you hear my story today that I did. Can I tell you one funny tax fact I read? Sure. That ABBA, uh, they purposefully wore terrible costumes. Did you know this? I knew this. I didn't yes. know this. They wore terrible costumes uh, because to be eligible to write them off as a business expense because the Swedish tax code allowed this as long as the costume was too ridiculous to be worn off stage. Yep. And they took advantage of that. Because at the time, uh, Sweden, I believe, had absolutely horrible taxes. In the 70s and 80s, like they were doing awesome. Uh, they just decided to piss away tons of government money on taxes. Oh, okay. And so ABBA, yeah, that's how I learned about I, this. I yeah. didn't think you'd know that. Yeah, I, I knew that, yeah. But you know most a lot people, more than I do. I don't know. I'm full of useless shit. <laughs> I saw some in the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> but I, I guess my personal story, I, I think uh, one I have was – uh, a few years ago, I bought or well, I sold a house, but I had only lived in that house for a little over a year. And because it wasn't a longer period of time, I got taxed at a substantially higher rate when I sold it. That's a thing. Oh. You get it's like a gain. It's 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 kind of weird. It's why they do it. Like they think, oh, you're just flipping houses and turning them big bucks or something. It's like, no, I just needed a house for a short amount of time. Right. But instead, I got hit at a higher tax rate when I sold it. Which kind of sucked. So this was in New York. No, this no, was in, in this was in Pennsylvania. Yes, but still, it was the short amount of time. But it wasn't as bad as it would have been in New York. Right, I assure you that. Uh, and as far as any statistic um, in the U.S., forty point seven percent of the tax revenue is paid for by the individual. Did you know that? Oh shit, I did not know yeah, that. That's a lot. I know I was reading something about like we lose about 70 the US lose about 70 billion dollars in revenue each year due to tax havens and other loopholes. 
Well, yeah, because the U.S. tax code's garbage. Yes. It's, so, a, it's a complete disaster. Yes. It needs to go away. Just be something simple. I get so intimidated by it because like, I want to complain about it, mm-hmm. but uh, people who know things could just run circles It's a disaster. Me. Well, it, you could take, and this has been done, a regular family of four, uh, take the taxes. It has been taken to four different tax professionals and prepared for the year. Oh, you were telling me about this. Yeah. yeah. And they all had different results. It's fucking nuts. Yeah. Because nobody knows anything. Exactly. Well, the tax code's like, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of pages or something absolutely absurd. I wrote down, we can do this before or after, I wrote down some, uh, I, I was looking on books before I picked my subject and then waited the last minute to do anything about it. Uh-huh. I was looking for books on like some fun tax stories, some hardships and such. Mm-hmm. If I went to Barnes & Noble and like income tax and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Um. And I made a list of books on taxes that would make you want to fucking kill yourself. I, you want to hear some of them? <laughs> oh, like these are legitimate. These are like, legit. Like a tax professional would have to read. Yes, okay. I didn't like reading about the books. <laughs> Just that alone was driving you crazy. You ready? Sure. I might have made one up. Okay. We'll see which if you can see what one up. I can guess. All right. You ready? All right. Let's hear it. <clears throat> U.S. taxes for the worldly America. I should do Ben. Was it Ben Stein? His? Was he... Oh, yeah, dry eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is Ben's time, but he has a cold. Capital gains, minimal taxes. In our hands, a plan to replace the welfare state. The Trump tax cut, your personal guide to the new tax law. I got a few more. Okay. J.K. Laster's Your Income Tax 2019. All about the dividend investing, the easy way to get started. Don't let the IRS destroy your small business. Uh, this one's in Spanish. Comentarios a los convenios para evitar la doble imposición y prevenir la evasión fiscal. You know, when I was getting my taxes done this year, they actually referenced that book. Really? Exactly. Did they talk about studies in the history of tax law, volume two? Uh, volume three, maybe. But okay. Did they talk about? No, none of these fucking things they told. <laughs> they, did they talk about hot dogs in hallways penetrating the intricacies of craft service tax deductions in the adult entertainment industries? I'm gonna venture to say you made that one up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job. <laughs> that was good. All right, I that's it. it. That's all I got. Uh, well. So I didn't read any books on taxes. No, no. Actually, I didn't have any book. I just had a lot of reference material online. So I found some fantastic no, no book YouTube to quote. channels that I would like to talk about later. No. People would well, great. From. Well, as far as right now, would you like to talk about your story related? Not to- really. <laughs> Why? You get to go first this I know. episode. But I didn't. Even, I haven't proofread this. I mean, I've got like placeholders in it. I finished this thing. Half an hour ago, because of that dog. I'm blaming the dog. <laughs> Your pirate dog? Yes. Oh, yeah. Speaking, uh, speaking of pirates. Yeah. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> you, you thought that maybe you got away with like just one pirate episode? Uh-huh. I might have snowballed it into this one. Uh, I, I'm sure you did. It'll be the last one, though. I won't do another pirate story for... Seven I, months? I think we're three episodes since you've mentioned anything about Singapore, so at least you've held that up. Oh, I'll have to remember that for the end. <laughs> and this is another one with no public sex. Oh, In well, fact, good. I don't know what the next subject's going to be, but I'm going to try and find something with public sex in it. Maybe in Singapore. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready to hear this story? 
Yes, I am and it, excited. It is, it is a it is a tax break. Make taxes exciting for me. Okay, I'm going to show try me the to. hardship associated with them. You ready? Bring it okay. on, friendo. At this point, we've probably established that I have no right to be discussing taxes with anyone. Did we just? We've gotten that far. You have clarified that point. And it would be irresponsible for any of our listeners to try and glean any advice relating to taxes from this story. But if this podcast is where you've ended up looking for tax advice, you're probably already fucked. However, one topic I do do mar- I do know marginally more about than tax law is some gnarly motherfuckers that didn't follow any laws at all. That's right, back for a second episode because I want them here Pirates, which I guess they said that before we started the story. Yep. Again, I didn't proofread this, so it's kind of like new for both of us. <laughs> this is a legit tax story, or at least I'm looking at it as one. Today we'll be we will be discussing mostly the highlights um, of two less talked about wars that the United States engaged in in the early 19th century, shortly after the end of the Revolutionary War, when our budding country was still in her infancy. These conflicts came to be known as the Barbary Wars. Have you heard of these? I think I've heard of them, but I don't know the details. Because you started getting on close to it the other day when we were talking in the yard to steer you away from it. Oh, okay. Yeah. We were talking about Morocco? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway, um, the first of which, there was two of them. The first of which lasted from 1801 to 1805. And the second lasting only a matter of, oh, I, oh months. It was only a few months long. Um, in 1815. And our adversaries in these wars, the Barbary pirates, who they didn't talk like that because they're from Africa. So I don't know. They were cutting hair and giving shaves, right? Not barber pirates. Although they probably had barbers on the ships. Looking at paintings, a lot of them were bald. Yeah. So somebody was probably shaving their heads because they're out at sea for a long time. Sunspots on them, you know. Hmm? Yeah. Burn their burn their heads you know? no like caribbean pirates would get burnt a lot because there's a lot of white pasty europeans that went over i mean these guys <laughs> are used go to, to the it. sunniest this part is of northern the ocean. africa okay all right so the barbary pirates who terrorized the shipping lanes of the mediterranean along the north coast of africa also known as the barbary coast and including the mostly muslim states of algiers tunis and tripoli if i'm not pronouncing this right i'm sorry i'm guessing you're close i, I think know. so and this is a tax story because it's these pirates that helped lead to Section 8 of the Constitution, which allowed the federal government government to tax its citizens in order to collect the funds necessary to create America's first Navy with the express purpose of fighting pirates. Isn't that fun? That's great. Okay. Yep. So, after the Peace Treaty of 1783, the United States was on a... Because this is, this is a... It's a fun story because there's a lot of ironies. I'll make that very obvious. Um, but after the Peace... Treaty of 1783, the United States was on a firm foundation of contradictions and ironies that would only grow with time. Today, we are a country that's a quarter of a millennia old, filled with the descendants of those who wiped out the previous inhabitants who had been here for about 15,000 years, on a continent that's millions of years old, on a planet that's billions of years old, filled with a shocking amount of people who are convinced that the Earth is only 6,000 years old. I was going to say, it sounds like you got a lot of those dates wrong to me. I I okay, buddy. <laughs> This isn't that kind of podcast. Go All on. Right. But either way. <laughs> oh, you're going to piss me off. Either way, shortly after our independence, we were a country priding itself on the freedom to practice any religion we damn well please and freedom from oppressive taxes, even though we were very close to instating new taxes on our citizenry to fight pirates on the other side of the world. I wrote, whoa, 
after that because it's pretty wild. Yeah, that, yeah. that sounds like some, some governmental action <laughs> going on there. So, in a nutshell, because we are recording in like three hours. We're recording now, but this is past Christopher that was writing this. Okay. Okay. I just put that in there. <laughs> All right. Let's yeah. cover what led to the U.S.'s war with the Barbary Pirates. The Barbary pirates had been preying on European merchant and naval ships in the Mediterranean since around the year 1600. In order to avoid being attacked by these pirates, the countries that could afford to pay tribute to the pirates did so. This was essentially a tax paid for the right to pass through the Mediterranean to trade. The vessels of countries that couldn't afford the tax were captured and looted. Okay. The vessels of countries like, okay, Great Britain and France would at times use this sticky situation to their advantage. Um, as they could afford to pay tribute to the Barbary pirates, they would drive up the price of the tax paid in order to single out less wealthy countries trading along the same routes, lessening mm -hmm. their competition for trade in the area. So sometimes the crews of these captured vessels would be taken captive as well as forced into hard labor in the cities along the Barbary coast. In fact, and this is kind of fun... <laughs> This is gonna be yeah. This is what, a little what atrocity is kind of fun. Let's hear about it. We'll see how this one goes over. Um, in a reverse of what we typically think of when we think of slavery, at least in America, pirates from the Barbary states would often raid cities and towns across or like along the coasts of European cities, mm -hmm. countries, excuse me, to kidnap their citizens and bring them back to Africa as slaves. Uh, there are accounts of Barbary pirates. This is true, making it as far as Ireland and raiding villages to. For uh, slaves to fill their holds of their ships. Wow. Yes. So it's it's like the, the of course, the well-known slave trade, but just the backward. It's backward, yes, essentially. Yes, they're stealing pasty white people and making them work in Africa. Oh, okay. Kind of funny. <laughs> That's fun. Um, <laughs> I kind of clear. It's estimated that from the uh, 16th to the 19th century, Barbary pirates captured over 1 million Europeans and forced them into slavery. And let it be said, right here right now we are not condoning slavery at tough shit <laughs> oh really but you know, yeah, i thought, I thought, I thought you were huge, that. yeah but uh <laughs> oh geez i thought you were such a slave advocate but <laughs> fucking dingus <laughs> that being said uh and what we know and don't always like to talk about now about the role of slavery that has had you know in our own country today well up until today uh there's something about white Europeans being forced into slavery in Africa that just doesn't make me super upset. <laughs> so, anyway, back to it. Where does America fit into all this? Essentially, before the Revolutionary War, the colonist traders of the Americas were under the protection of Great Britain. This carried over to trade in the Mediterranean. As long as Great Britain was paying tribute to the Barbary pirates, the American colonists had nothing to worry about off the Barbary coast. But... After the end of the Revolutionary War, we were fair game. American trading vessels were captured regularly, and their crews enslaved along the coast until a ransom could be paid. Eventually, the United States got fed up and agreed to pay a yearly tax to the pirates to be left alone as her citizens traded throughout the Mediterranean. This paying tribute to the pirates particularly irked Thomas Jefferson, who proposed building a navy because we didn't have one then. No, I think we were pretty broke after the yes, Revolutionary but. War. Um, so Thomas Jefferson proposed building a navy to go fuck the pirates up, as opposed to paying them tax. George Washington was, at the time, more concerned about domestic affairs and decided not to allocate the funds to start an American navy just yet. 
Is what? this around Whiskey Rebellion time? No, uh, when was the Whiskey Rebellion? 17. So this would be like mid-1780s. Okay, I think it was a little later. Because, yeah, it was after the peace treaty and everything, after 1783. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, where were we? Where were we, Corey? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Where were you? <laughs> okay. So, yeah, Thomas Jefferson was just not a fan of this. George Washington at the time, he, he, he was taking care of domestic affairs. Yep. Wasn't interested in the Navy. Um, it wasn't until after Jefferson was elected president in 1800 that he fast-tracked the birth of the American Navy, starting out with a modest three ships. Mm-hmm. Um, one of these ships, the USS Constitution, is still afloat today, making her the oldest commissioned warship in the world. Wow. Have you ever seen pictures of it? Mm-mm. It's pretty cool. So check it out. Um, so in 1801, sick of being bullied into paying taxes to pirates half a world away, the U.S. founder sea legs and, along with Sweden and Sicily, went to war with the pirates of the Barbary Coast. Oh. Yes. Although the wars would range along the coasts of Algiers, Tunis, and Tripoli, the spark for the first war could be traced back directly to the then leader of Tripoli, Yusuf Karamanli. I nailed it. Yeah, you know him, right? Yeah, we I go way back. Fuck up a lot of these names. <laughs> uh, Youssef had just demanded a tax increase from the United States that in modern day funds, because we had already been paying at this point for paying a while. Paying the tax, yeah. Yep. But out of nowhere, he's like, I could use it a little gonna, bit. I'm going to jack this up. Yep. On it. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, modern day funds, it would be the equivalent of $3.5 million, the spike. Wow. Yes. So he's pretty much like a modern politician. Like, hey, there's going to be a little tax yeah. hike. Well, here. it's like it's pretty much like it's like uh, being in a. Sh- I don't know. This is a, a stereotype. I don't know anything about cities. Uh, it's like protection <laughs> money, kind of. Oh, you know? yeah, like, yeah. Like, like the like mob. A, like, yeah, yeah, you know, I'll yeah, take care of your take business care here. Yeah. yeah. Fuck you up. You give me. I don't know. <laughs> what they make what or, a mob or, guy or, make I'll, pay. or i'll break your windows and all that stuff yeah, you know give me twenty dollars so uh, i i think prob- you should give me twenty dollars and i won't break your windows are you sh- okay you're, you're sure i don't run the protection in our neighborhood i don't have a gun that's right <laughs> okay so he asked for three and a half million dollars it was pay this fee or jump headlong into america's first foreign war and obviously we chose the latter over the course of the first four-year war, the U.S. and the Swedes, who were actually, they'd already been at war with Tripoli, even before Yusef, he's the one who declared war on us, Yusef mm-hmm. did. Um, we're going to do it either way. But uh, but before we engaged in battle <clears throat> with the uh, vessels of the Barbary States on numerous occasions, including the First Battle of Tripoli Harbor, the Second Battle of Tripoli Harbor, and the Battle of Derna. But in the interest of time, we'll take it a minute, or two to to cover one of the more exciting encounters of the first Barbary War, the rescue of the crew of the USS Philadelphia. This is super cool. Okay. All right. By 1803, Commander Edward Preble had established several blockades along the Barbary coast, and things seemed to be going well for the U.S. and the Swedes. However, in October of that same year, Tripoli managed to capture the previously mentioned U.S. ship, the Philadelphia. This is a big major warship. And we didn't have a lot of warships at the time, so this is a pretty fucking big deal. Um, the badass motherfucker put in charge of capturing back or destroying the Philadelphia was Lieutenant Stephen Decatur. I think I'm pronouncing that right, too. Uh, the USS Philadelphia had run aground near Tripoli, and the U.S. feared her being used against them or becoming the model for future 
Tripolitan warships. Yeah. Uh, you know, if they couldn't get it out of there, they could. Obviously, our ships were a little better yeah. at the time. They'd reverse uh, engineer it and build their own. Yes, like okay. alien spacecraft. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, Stephen Decatur, his mission was a dangerous one. Approached the captured Philadelphia in a small two-masted ship disguised as a Maltese merchant ship. Uh, pretty much Italians. Oh, yeah. I mean, Malta is like well, just... Malta's a tiny, tiny country. It's a very small island uh, yeah. south of Sicily. Okay. But, you know, at the time, let's just call them Italians. I believe Malta has the biggest black powder cannon in the world. Oh, is that where that is? I've I, seen pictures of I, it. It's either Malta or it might be Portugal, but I think it was... I, think I know what you're talking Malta. about. Yeah, it's I know that Malta gigantic. has like a silly amount of underground tunnels. Yeah, yeah. I was reading a little bit afterward. Um, so, but for the sake of my story, <laughs> yeah. As I throw you, it's off. gonna be an Italian person. Okay. Okay. All right. Any relation? He did speak Italian. The person I'm about to talk about. Yeah. No, there's no. I don't know. I don't do the. What's the 23 and <laughs> Me? Or is that ancestry? ancestry? Yeah. Um. So, they're. Uh, <clears throat> Disguised as the Stephen Decatur, they're disguised as a, a Maltese merchant ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a small ship, two-masted yep. ship, um, and uh, they they're gonna launch a surprise attack on the larger vessel, the Philadelphia, that's you know, run aground. Yeah, <clears throat> and they did it too. Wow! I mean, like totally outnumbered. It's pretty wild. Uh, Lieutenant Decatur successfully pulled alongside the Philadelphia, and they think it's just a Maltese ship, just some Italian guys. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, a crew member calling out in Italian under the guise of a Maltese, uh, being a Maltese merchant. Uh, fooling the crew above the, Phil- or above the Philadelphia, the crewman called out, and this is a direct quote. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Hey, you guys order a fucking pizza, huh? <laughs> I gotta get fucking paid before I bring you over this time, all right? <laughs> fucking pirates are shifty motherfuckers. <laughs> I can't get I can't get my goddamn ass chewed out again. If Tony, if I come back with no cash this time, you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> After this verbatim exchange. Yep, the spaghetti I started you, I, flying. <laughs> After this, boy, when I practiced that in the bedroom this that morning, it good. sounded really good that earlier. Really Thanks. Good. <laughs> that was. <laughs> So after this verbatim exchange, the crew of 74 American sailors, and the thing is, this is such a cool story, and it's so badass, and I ruined it. <laughs> I was really, young. like <laughs> before, I'm really into it, like, wow, what's going to happen? Hey! <laughs> <laughs> okay, so after this verbatim exchange, the crew of 74 American soldiers were they're in the holds of the ship waiting. They, yeah. Like this, the Philadelphia, the Tripolitans on the Philadelphia didn't even see them. Yeah. Um, the, the crew, they stormed from the holds of the ship along with Decatur and boarded the Philadelphia, killing all the pirates aboard except for two men. Wow. Without the time to dislodge the Philadelphia, Decatur and his crew set her ablaze and sail, sailed away as quickly as they could. As they escaped... The munitions in the hold of the doomed ship caught fire, and the Philadelphia erupted in a massive explosion as the smaller vessel sailed away. It's like a fucking action movie. Wow, yeah. that sounds that's intense. Well, there's like it's kind of it was near this harbor, and like there's tuck like people like because they watched it burn to the water. Yeah, so like people are just on the shore watching, watching. This and then it detonates. And, yeah, and this tiny ship gets away. Wow, oh, it's super fucking cool. Um, 
Now, as killer as that is, the war continued for a couple more years. That's not the end of the war. Um, but since one of, <laughs> one of the highlights. Yes. <laughs> but since we were recording in about one hour, this is past Christopher again. Oh, okay. <laughs> we're going to kind of gloss over the remainder of this conflict. <laughs> The First Barbary War wouldn't come to an official end until after the Battle of Derna uh, on April 27, 1805. William Eaton and Presley O'Bannon led eight Marines and about 500 mercenaries into battle at the city of Derna. Uh, the Americans won the day and the war, uh, the U.S.'s first ever foreign victory. Wow. Yes. Uh, Yusuf Koromanli made peace with Thomas Jefferson after Jefferson agreed to pay $60,000 for the return of U.S. hostages. And that's the story of the first Barbary War. It was fun, though. This guy online made a comment like, can you imagine now, like, the U.S. paying another country, especially a small country? A small foreign for, country so we could trade so in we the can region? Get, no, so we can take our hostages or, back. Oh, get them back? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that'd go over like a, <laughs> like a steel shot balloon. So that's just the first Barbary War. Yeah. Now on to the second Barbary War. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, things went pretty well for a few years as far as the Barbary states laying off American vessels after the First Barbary War. Um, all was well until the War of 1812. Very quickly now, pretty much the British, like, just, I don't know if you know much about the War of 1812, went a little bit. A little bit, yeah. But, um, the... Pretty much uh, the British couldn't help themselves, and they had to go out and be a bunch of fucking dickbags to U.S. merchant ships trading in Europe and captured our crews continuously. Mm -hmm. They Sometimes they'd actually force our sailors or merchant sailors into, like, the Navy, the British Navy. Yeah. Um, so obviously that kind of pissed everybody off. Uh, it was a big, like, swinging dick pissing contest that eventually led to the U.S. declaring war on Great Britain. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> From here, all it took was the British encouraging the Barbary states to start attacking American vessels again, this time particularly pri pirates from Algiers. And suddenly it was open season on the Americans in the Mediterranean once again. After the War of 1812 ended, attacks on U.S. ships continued around Algiers. President James Madison was granted permission to, to declare war on Algiers on February 23, 1815. And a decade after the end of the first Barbary War, we were at it again. But this time, instead of a four-year war, we ended up at war with Algiers for about three months. And who was put in charge of the American fleet sent to the Barbary Coast this time? Let's, that Italian let's guy. Oh, really? No, not really. Oh, yeah? No, it's not. <laughs> with a stack of pizzas? Yeah. <laughs> so, now, Commodore Stephen Decatur. He's in charge. Oh, okay. Uh, disguised not as a Maltese merchant, but as a big old swinging dick American armed with a fucking teeth. So, <laughs> this, depending on like the documentary you watch, there's some really patriotic retellings of this, and then there's just some real like historical, yeah, historical. Yeah. But one, this guy, uh, he must be. He's from Boston, uh -huh. but he he's really really intense really about into it? it. Yeah. All right. Yep. All right. Anyway, <laughs> this ended up being a very quick and close to bloodless conflict. The U.S. fleet captured two Algerian ships almost immediately and then sailed into the harbor of Algiers looking very threatening. Not the little bitch of a navy from the first time around. 
The Algerians decided they were outgunned, and on July 3rd, 1815, the two countries agreed to terms with the Algerians returning all captured U.S. prisoners and paying us $10,000 from all the shit they stole. Oh, wow. Um, on top of that. And thus, the Second Barbary War was over, and the United States of America could now trade along the Mediterranean shipping lanes unmolested. And I, this was, I was in a big hurry. I had a placeholder here. It just says, look for an opportunity to insert a molestation joke at Corey's expense. But I couldn't come up with one. So, because I, I was probably, to, busy texting you, like, okay, you're coming over. I was waiting for Nugget to take a shit. <laughs> All right. In conclusion, it took a band of state sponsored pirates from a country practically on the other side of the planet to speed track the creation of what would later become the most powerful navy in the world. And the use of previously, excuse me, and the use of previously absent taxes that our founders originally found unthinkable to do so. Mm -hmm. There's your fucking tax story. That was very good. Did you was, like that? It was very interesting. Yes, I'm gonna say the uh, the the barber wars part two, the final cut. Oh, it's just a oh, like barber surgeons. <laughs> huh? Yeah, the yeah. Scalpels. The original barbers. Yeah. yeah. No, that was good. But, yeah, it's it's kind of funny when you think about all the. Uh, you know, taxation stuff. And you see like throughout the past, a lot of the hypocrisy and everything that goes on yep. with taxation. And like how they were kind of hesitant to get involved in this because yeah. I mean, it was kind of a country that was founded on the other religious freedom and they were sick of fucking taxes. And mm -hmm. we get taxed by I, pirates yeah, and we have were, to then yeah. tax our people oh, the, to I believe fight the, back. The, yeah. We were broke after a massive yeah, war. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, well, we need some money. <laughs> so there's a, there's a lot more. I glossed over a lot of it. This was the equivalent of like, Imagine taking a test when you're a kid and you study the same subject but all the wrong shit. Because I just, <laughs> I just what? been reading about the Caribbean pirates and NASA and all that. Yeah, I tried. That's like, what's the most known, you know? Like they I tried were like all hell over to like. I'm like, I'm gonna get fucking Blackbeard in here. Yeah, but I couldn't do it. No, no. Now he was, he was contracted quite a bit right no he was he, no he was well, he was kind of on his own he okay. was like, he had teamed up with a guy who was a privateer at one point okay no he was like he was um what am i thinking of they didn't they hire a bunch of yeah for the war of 1812 down in uh oh the war New of orleans 18, uh was, war of 1812 we had uh was uh, a lot uh we um the u.s had a lot of privateers but um no blackbeard a, was really 1700s yeah there's a no nah, there's a famous one i don't remember there's too much like i said brains at capacity something new in we can talk more about. about pirates after the show if you'd like okay i'm sure you would like that <laughs> i'm sure you would really like that all right i'm done all right that's your story that's that was nice good story. that was very entertaining i wrote that over breakfast <laughs> brunch oh, oh brunch here we one of them guys it's brunch uh -huh. it's real brunch it's 10 30 Okay. 10 30, 11 o'clock, that's brunch. It's yeah. hipster brunch that's 1, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. It fucking drives me nuts. So is brunch just like lazy breakfast? Well, <laughs> like I didn't want to get up, so. I mean, I was up. I just wasn't hungry yet. <laughs> okay. It's Sunday. The late breakfast on Sunday. Yeah, I don't blame you. All right. Were we talking about taxes? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I believe taxes was the topic, <laughs> not pirates and brunch and, <laughs> and dog shit. All my favorite things. <laughs> Uh, yeah, fuck. All right, I'm excited. I want. All right, you want to hear my story? Over. You actually touched on this earlier in this episode. There's no touching in this room. It already smells bad enough. The, the top. Oh, I know this room it smells stinks. bad. It's two thirty-six-year-old men in a room full of yeah. blankets. And we actually drank some beer. We last did. Evening. Yeah, we went out. 
So they yeah. have uh, played cornhole. Yeah. Corey and I are both not good at it. Won the last game. That's true. We did win the last game. Yeah. So this is our well, podcast yeah, on stink. yard games. It stinks a little bit, but <laughs> yeah, it don't so. smell good. Uh, all right. So, but anyway, you did like you started talking about. It. I'm like, oh, you're gonna get right into that. So today I did. Yeah. Well, you'll hear. But all right, <clears throat> that's it. You've had it. The tax man has fucked you for the last time. You're gonna make it your <laughs> life. <laughs> you're gonna make it your life's goal to figure out the best way how you can fuck him back. I'm talking dry, no lube. God, I was hoping that you were going this direction. <laughs> yeah. You start by... You read hot dogs in hallways, too? <laughs> I did. You start by buying all of your goods from tax-free Native American reservations. You do as much work as possible under the table for cash, and then you straight up lie on your tax returns. Yeah, I have six kids and have put 30 grand worth of energy-efficient upgrades into my home this year. <laughs> But the charade can only go on for so long. Your greasy tax-dodging ways are starting to catch up with you. Before you know it, the IRS is knocking on your door and looking for their cut. But you refuse to pay, and now you're financially stand. Uh, <laughs> 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 and now your financial standing with Uncle Sam is not only looking bad; it's getting criminal. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're getting arrested, and your sorry ass is thrown into some white-collar prison where you pass the time talking shop with Wesley Snipes and Martha Stewart on what useless shit you're going to buy when you finally get out. How fucking close I was to doing a Wesley Snipes story. Really? I wanted to do it so bad. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> oh, because he, he was in the he prison by it? About one, what, a half hour yeah, from us? Yeah, 20 minutes from us. <laughs> so, so now you think that you're some tax-dodging, hardened criminal who stiffed the feds out of a few grand. But believe me, you're chump change, pal. People far more clever and far more dangerous make billions every year fucking governments out of their tax dollars. And one of the main cash crops they use to do said fucking? Tobacco. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yep. This That's a... I half thought about jumping into that. It was a little too big. Yeah. Well, didn't I tell you, like, avoid tobacco? Yeah, probably. <laughs> I think initially that's all I said, avoid tobacco. I just figured you weren't doing a pirate story. So. No, 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 no there, there's more to life than pirate stories. Whatever, Corey. <laughs> all right. Today's story takes us all over the world to various countries that still believe huge sin taxes on tobacco will make people magically stop smoking cigarettes overnight and make no black markets emerge from the tax. But you will come to find that that isn't always the case. Cigarette smuggling is not a new phenomenon and has been a major issue for several decades, but in the last few years, it has attracted a new level of criminal. Now, because tobacco is still relatively legal and sold throughout the world, it's not really viewed in the scope that, say, heroin or meth is. Mm -hmm. uh, so the illegal side of tobacco dealing isn't always getting the major law, for, law enforcement attention you know, that the other illicit substances right. do. And criminal enterprises are capitalizing on this in a big way. <clears throat> also due to the growing negative public opinion towards smoking and the insanely high cost of cigarettes in some areas, the average smoker is starting to have the smoke roll from their ears and not their lungs when it comes to enjoying a puff of their favorite ah, brand. because they're upset. That is, unless they can find their smokes for cheaper somewhere else. One country that's facing a huge issue with this is Canada. Which, I didn't think Canadians smoked. Uh, I, yeah, apparently they do. All right. Yeah. And I, I got to think, this is like the third episode that I've somehow managed to talk about Canada. Yeah, you have been talking about Canada. Yeah. Probably because you're a draft dodger. 
No, I'm not a, <laughs> a draft dodger. Uh, I'd go to Canada to avoid the draft. <laughs> you definitely would, yes. <laughs> so, huge issue with this is Canada, where the average cost for a carton of cigarettes is well over $120 each. With most Holy of, fuck. Yeah, with most of that cost being tax. Knowing that there are huge profits to be made, uh, groups like outlaw motorcycle gangs and the Russian mob have begun to move some serious amounts of tobacco into the country to turn a quick buck. The scheme starts when a semi-truck's <clears throat> semi loaded with around 80 grand worth of raw tobacco from the Carolinas and Virginia head north to Canada with doctored paperwork, then proceed to go through uh, rural boarding, border crossings in New York or Vermont, where they receive little attention and zip right through customs without issue. Uh, and some of those, like, some of those drivers reading stuff and watching stuff about they're like, yeah, they told me, like, make sure you go through lane three. Like, oh, you know, okay. so they're greasing some palms. So uh, from so, there, what's that? This is just, this is like another example of a government creating a oh, yeah. dangerous, yeah. violent black market. From, from there, the trucks are unloaded at sophisticated illegal cigarette manufacturing facilities where they are turned into subpar cigarettes, then are packaged for distribution and sold for about 60 to 80% less than normally taxed smokes. But here's where it starts to get sticky for law enforcement. These cigarettes usually go on to be uh, sold directly to the general public on Canada's First Nations native reservations throughout the country. And from that point, some consumers turn a second buck on those cheap smokes. You know, buck a dart. Oh, from Letterkenny? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Yep. That's, uh, I mean, I, okay. I remember, I'll be real quick. Yeah. I used to work at a, uh, uh, you worked smoke at a shop smoke shop for like a couple of years when I was a teenager, mm -hmm. um, on the reservation near us. Yep. And it was not uncommon for people out of state constantly to come there and buy <clears throat> piles of cartons of cigarettes that they would then openly tell me the cashier who didn't give a fuck. That they would go back home to sell them and turn a profit. Yep. Yeah. So, as you, that fucking job. Yeah. as you can guess, law enforcement has a horrible time trying to keep a lid on this problem due, due to it involving so many agencies. U.S. Border Patrol, the RCMP, state, Providence, native, and local police departments are all involved. So the bureaucracy alone is futile, like dealing with that. So are these, once? so once these make it to like the First Nations... I mean, are they being sold in stores? Just like buying a pack? Yeah, buying okay. a carton of cigarettes. Right. Yep. Um, <clears throat> now, this level of black market tax evasion isn't just some fun movie caper where the little guy gets one up on the government. No, sir. Along with tobacco, these criminal organizations move guns, cocaine, heroin, and other illegal items. So believe it or not, there's a level of violence that goes along with the smuggling. Back in 2016, after a Hells Angels smuggling operation was busted in Quebec, one of the leaders of this operation, Etienne Silve, was arrested and released Very on nice. bail. Yeah. But within six months while awaiting trial, he was shot to death on his own front lawn, allegedly by a Hells Angel hitman who was out tying up loose ends. No shit. Yeah. Although law enforcement is constantly working to fight this illegal tobacco trade, in the end, the only ones coming out ahead are the black market and criminal organizations. On average... The, uh, that original 80K in raw tobacco gets turned into about $2 million profit from each truckload. Holy fuck. That costs Canada about $3 billion a year in lost tax income. 
Yeah. So if they were to lower the taxes, that's just, that's just losing the income. Not that's not including the money that they're paying to fight that. Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. But Canada isn't the only one having problems in North America when it comes to illegal tobacco. The U.S. has its own issues with cigarette tax. On top of the shady smuggling that also goes on within the Native American reservations throughout the country, high-tax states like New York, Maryland, and New Jersey are having an uphill battle fighting tobacco tax cheats. In New York City, where a pack of coffin nails will run you almost $20, an entire tax... Yeah. I remember buying exacts for 75 yep. cents a pack. A pack of checkers for like oh, a God, dollar. It tastes like the inside of oh, your horrible. shoe, but... Yeah. An entire task force has been created to go into local bodegas and shops where they literally proceed to shake down the owner and tear their shops apart looking for packs of non-New York tax cigarettes. Some shopkeepers have gone as far as installing false shelves, hidden compartments, and trap doors throughout their businesses to hide their out-of-state contraband smokes from the man. Some very... 1920s bootleg speakeasy type shit. That sounds like a teenage kid hiding cigarettes oh, in yeah. his closet. They, or something they, like they're that. really clever. They have like power like shelves that come up out of the floor. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's awesome. Oh yeah. They should just get into business making secret compartments. <laughs> right? How disappointing that would be to find a secret compartment that fucking cool and <laughs> just like just what is cigarettes? Because I figured like it's gonna be gold. Gold and then you open it up and it's yeah. just like it's a pack of Marlboro <laughs> Marb Red one hundreds. Yes. <laughs> They made those in 100s? They did. Okay. Yeah. But in the U.S., the game of prohibition, <laughs> prohibition era cat and mouse between cops and criminals doesn't stop with out-of-state smokes and small-time shady shopkeepers. Some criminal organizations are targeting legitimate tobacco distribution centers to get their goods. In Detroit, Michigan, the Martin & Snyder Tobacco Products Distributor has had man-sized holes. I remember starting that company. Uh, <laughs> Oh, yeah, you're you're tied in with them, huh? Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> they have had man-sized holes smashed into their concrete building during the night where it was raided and then robbed of thousands of dollars worth of cigarettes and legit tax stamps, like the little stamps on the bottoms of the pack. Yeah. They'll rob those so they can put them on knockoff cigarettes, the stamps. But they're breaking through a concrete wall. Oh, yeah. So and it's like the fucking Kool-Aid man just running yeah. through the wall. Oh, yeah. Oh, but, yeah. but he's Good smoking. Night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and as if uh, having their building broken into wasn't enough, <clears throat> over the years, the business has also had multiple trucks hijacked at gunpoint. And on one occasion, after making a large tobacco purchase, a customer was robbed, carjacked, and shot after leaving the distributor. Jesus. So, like a man's just like, oh, I went and picked up a case of cigarettes. Like, <laughs> you get shot to death. Like, yep. You just don't think about it with no. tobacco. No. You think about it with drugs. Illicit with drugs. And, drugs. Yeah. Huh. No. Now I get it. The U.S. can be a little bit of the Wild West when it comes to its crime. This is according to the non-biased news media and people who've never been to the U.S. So let's head somewhere safer. Australia. <clears throat> now in Australia. Safer. Yeah. Are they safe? apparently from what i've been told i thought that's where britain sent all their prisoners <laughs> now in australia you will pay you will only pay 30 to 40 dollars for a pack of cigarettes a pack a pack are you kidding me nope wow to which the country's residents gladly pay and there is no criminal aspect to tobacco smuggling unless you're a shopkeeper who gets stabbed beaten with hammers and robbed of their cigarettes due to these high taxes 
And yeah, that's a problem there. So Jesus. All kidding aside, Australia over the years has been pushing a huge government-funded anti-tobacco campaign. They have been utilizing extremely high taxes, uh, heavy police enforcement, and plain packaging on tobacco products. Plain packaging is like it's like a blank case with super generic lettering, and it has nothing flashy. Yeah, and it has pictures of like cancer and other horrible shit like your feet don't they do you that know, in, so they did, get people to stop smoking they do it in canada yeah okay yeah because yeah, i remember going to niagara falls and they uh, yeah like yeah it's disgusting it was gross yeah yeah it had like your toes holding a cigarette and you know all the nails are all yellow you know i don't remember that one yeah. on your feet yeah who smokes with their feet you your feet there's pictures of your feet on these things not wearing socks right now <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> but even with all these items in place the black market continues to be a problem for law enforcement there. Similar to the problems in New York City, smuggled cigarettes and loose tobacco, known as the slang chop-chop, have... <laughs> that's what they call it. They call it chop-chop, like chopped-up tobacco. Okay. <laughs> ...are being sold in small shops throughout the country for a fraction of the normal cost. Using similar... <laughs> idiot kid came up with that? <laughs> Jesus Christ. It better than that. Chop-chop. <laughs> I don't know. That's what they call it. They left some on the floor, and the babies just took chop, chop. All right, I'm sorry. That could very well be. I don't know. Chop, chop. I'll email. I'll email any black market Australian tobacco salesman. Say, hey, where where did chop, chop? Let's put in some effort, guys. This has a serious problem with with this. (laughs) So, the fuck was I? All right. Chop Chop being sold in small shops throughout the country for a fraction of the normal cost. Using similar speakeasy tactics, these shopkeepers have various code words and clever hiding spots for their illegal products. Uh, and there is, it's the same routine for the police to come in, search the place, and the owners to hide it. It's just, you know, typical back and forth, waste of time. But also same as the U.S., the small-time shopkeepers aren't the only focus of the illegal tobacco market. On top of the robberies and assaults against business owners for cigarettes, another major issue plaguing Australia is counterfeit cigarettes coming out of China and Southeast Asia. These cigarettes... I would have assumed that that's where the chop shop would come from. (laughs) Could very well be. (laughs) These cigarettes will have name-brand packaging and look identical to the real thing. But usually tastes like landfill runoff and being manufactured yeah. in poor conditions, some of these knockoff cigarettes have high levels of heavy metals and added carcinogens. Even knowing all of these things, the people of Australia still choose to smoke these shit sticks for the sake of saving a few bucks. I don't get it. Yeah. <clears throat> so now it's usually at this point in the story where I have some big takeaway on how your bullshit first world problem related to the topic is unwarranted. But I think the issue here is the topic itself. Tax is a uh, dynamic issue that affects everyone. It has many pros and cons, but in the case of first world sin taxes, the problems it creates are usually a huge con. It's because of these taxes themselves that bad shit happens, and then it turns into a vicious cycle. So you say, something is bad, uh, tax it heavily. Heavily taxed item now enters the black market. The black market around taxed item creates crime. More policing is needed to fight said crime, and then more tax is needed to pay for fighting of the crime created by the taxed item. Rinse, Makes fucking sense. Repeat. <laughs> right? It said how many times about fucking, everything? Yeah, prostitution, tobacco, Everything. Marijuana. Yep. <clears throat> the reality is. You're creating the market. 
Uh, yeah. And the yeah. problem. Yep. The reality is that finding a reasonable middle ground when it comes to any type of syntax or banned item is far more beneficial for all parties involved than the current options, which are A, heavy-handed government control, which ends in high taxes, black markets, and incarcerations, or B, complete lawlessness around the item where kids can buy cigarettes at their school, you know, just yep. ridiculous. But both options are not ideal. Uh there truly is tough shit tied to these taxes. People get killed, governments lose income, businesses get robbed, and in the end, the public is usually the biggest loser. The end. So That was really good. Yeah. That's all tax. That's insane. Yeah. And it is, you're right. I mean, obviously this is an issue, but yeah, being tobacco, there's not, it's so widely accepted that there's not. Yeah, you don't look at it. stigma around it's it. It's like alcohol, so you know, like. Well, yes. Um, can we mention uh just getting like, into it like oh and you uh new york yeah yes yeah so, they, they just legalized marijuana fuck yeah and so but that just made me think of that like yeah how many over the last how many years people have just been getting arrested for marijuana it's like and it's stupid what a waste it of should time never have been illegal in the first <laughs> right? place oh uh yes but we're very excited yeah uh, that that's uh that, yeah they finally got their fucking heads out of their dicks new york did something decent yeah yeah, yeah so, that's uh, well yeah and <laughs> it isn't implemented yet let's see how they botch it but <laughs> but yeah but, i so after this i do have a fun fact that's tied with this this whole uh tobacco okay. and all that back in 2003 a local tobacco distributor that was uh tied in with our local native american reservation was shut down do you remember that Yes. Vaguely? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, they were stripped of their license, and the president of the company was sent to prison for being involved in smuggling and racketeering. Hmm. And that's in our own small area. But the fun fact is, uh, when it was forced to be closed, they had a huge auction of, like, everything in their warehouse. Yeah. And <laughs> and all of the pallet racking in that warehouse was bought by the company I work for now. Oh, that's right. So yes. I, I get to see these uh, tax criminal pallet racking every day. Do they have secret <laughs> compartments in them? No, but it's funny. Some of them still have like the brands of cigarettes written on the cross pieces well, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I used to work at Smoke Shop. We had a warehouse there, and I remember going across the street to. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't like working there. I I could tell. I, 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 I liked when you worked. There I know you liked when we would I fuck there. with you constantly. I worked in the drive-thru, which is insane to me that the smoke shop would have a drive-thru. Have a drive-thru, yeah. And I was such a, like, just little asshole 19-year-old, just, what do, what do you want? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Got so, your headset on? Half on, because I was cool. <laughs> and we had a friend who would come through the drive-thru to up buy the road. cigarettes, <laughs> and he was an asshole. Um, he's not really an asshole. Well, he was an asshole to me at the time, because I just saw him yesterday. Uh, yeah. And he would oh, throw... The- change i knew it was him <laughs> he would ask for cigarettes and i would give them to him as i'm just humiliated working at a smoke shop and a drive-thru and he would count the change out and throw it on the floor inside throw, the throw window. it through the throw little it window. Through the window <laughs> all over the floor i'd have to scrounge it up speed off get up off the floor serve somebody a roller dog it was an awful job <laughs> And you smelled like a cigarette as all soon as you walked in All there. the time. Because yep. people would just come in there and just sit there and sit smoke all cigarettes. day. I remember I would buy discount orange juice there, and I couldn't drink it out of the bottle because the bottle in the cooler smelled stunk? like a cigarette. The whole place stunk. Yeah, even if you went in for 
two minutes to buy something. That gets stuck on you. You were, yeah. If we was... have any listeners who are smokers, <laughs> we appreciate yeah. you listening to us. Feel free to smoke all you want. It's not, Do whatever you want. Yeah, it's not for me, but, you know, yeah. I'll, We've I'll mentioned the... this before. We were talking about it with, yeah, uh, legalizing pot in uh, New York. If, you, if you're doing something at home and it's not hurting anybody else, then... Yeah. Don't hurt the the, the, the two more rules. power to yeah. you. Two rules I say: don't hurt people, don't take their stuff. I had a point to make about yep. the pot thing. Oh well, the, this the is tax, this, okay. Can I have something? It goes along with what you said. Okay. Um, I'm not doing names and areas and all that. Yeah. But they're not near, not not near, not far from mm-hmm. where I work. Uh, we had God. There was a guy who's been busted a couple times now for growing pot. Yeah. And it's a to-do. Yeah. Like, there's sheriffs. There's cops. All Lines they of cars. They helicopter mm-hmm. for two days to find it. And then he's fined $200. Yep. What the fuck? Yep. Tens of thousands of dollars of resources to get so a $200 fine. He's not hurting anybody. <clears throat> yep. Just just throwing his own grass. and get upset? <laughs> no. Uh, it's very irritating. But yeah, like that that's the whole, you know, creates the market that it's has to make more tax for. And I've been reading more about this. Henry Anslinger, right, from the 30s. This was after, was it after Reefer Madness. Oh, yeah, yeah. That came out, and he was in charge of, I don't remember the department now, but like something about narcotics. The propaganda uh, shit. But he was a real government employee. And like I, reading quotes from him and his concern, <laughs> I should have wrote him down. Look it up. His concerns about marijuana use uh-huh. came up a couple times i think i sent you a video on it he was very concerned about if white women smoke oh yeah, marijuana, yeah, yeah. They, they would want to dance with that. negroes yeah it, that yeah. was a legit concern from an elected official in the mm-hmm. u.s government yeah i don't know but i'm gonna say there's a lot of very happy interracial <clears throat> couples right now that dance all the time and don't smoke marijuana you're you're probably correct in that statement. I feel comfortable saying that's a fact. <laughs> that is a fact. Good job. Thank you. We're all about facts here. <laughs> Except so for that. long as it involves pirates, dogs, and that Italian guy. That was the a real Italian guy. Italian guy. It wasn't. I don't actually think he was Italian. I think he was just disguised. Oh, he was. Okay. He just had a perfect accent. Uh huh. Do you have anything else? Uh, no. That's pretty much it. I I think the. We like covered said, all the whole taxes, taxes and yeah, the whole takeaway with the taxes is, you know, like I said before, they're part of a functioning society, but there's a lot of you know, shitty handling of it that makes it a problem. Yes. So, and that's been the case forever, and it will probably continue to. Be it nice, will. But, yes. Um, but get involved. Yeah. So if you don't like taxes, you know, let your elected locally. officials yep. know. Start small. That's Corey yeah. writes letters. He's really I do. good about it. I do. I write I letters and I good, call people. He tries people. and he makes an effort. If everybody did that, all you can do. That's right. <laughs> and vote if if you think it helps. So, but taxes, we got that. We got pirates. You That's did it. all the social shit. Up oh top, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, Instagram TS Podcast Official. If you liked us, check us out over there. We post stupid shit sometimes and funny. Corey things. posts stupid shit. I do all of it. So yeah. Don't, anything don't write me any and say leg- Chris you're hilarious yeah. I'll say I'll forward the message <laughs> <laughs> actually I can I can I, I have two things okay I came up with two podcasts I want to do all right let's all hear right. it uh, I told you now I'm becoming very attached to this dog to the dog yeah she's gonna leave mm-hmm. um, but I thought we could do um, a 
a podcast with with dog mm-hmm. and uh, it's going to be called who did that and it's just going to be <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have to figure out which one of us pooped in the lawn that's the whole podcast so it's like a mystery podcast who did that yeah yep hey yep. get over here yeah she just gets real nervous though when i see that uh, who did that Ooh. So I, <laughs> that's my dog podcast. And then I thought about, since I come up with a bunch of ideas in the shower, and I don't remember ah, most of them. Back in the shower. Yeah. I missed a lot of stuff today. Um, I thought I could do a podcast in the shower, and I'll call it, Whose Hair Is That? <laughs> what do you think? Which one do you like more? I like, uh, yeah. who did that? All right. Yeah, I, I like that one. That's all I got for today. That's good. Well, I yeah, I had more than that. We're but. actually at a realistic time, so. I, well, when I, I, yeah, write a fucking story <laughs> I over told, I told you, I think next time I'm just going to drop the subject on you an hour before we have to record and be like, oh, yes. no. <laughs> yeah. I cut a lot out. I'm sure. Was a lot of it necessary? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. All right. Well, that concludes taxes. We hope you guys enjoyed. You hope you had fun. All that jazz. Hope you learned something. Hope you learned something. Yeah. Read some more about pirates. Yeah. Learn. Read about pirates and taxes and dogs and whatever else. When you're done with this podcast, listen to the history of pirates. Wait, uh, pirate history podcast. <laughs> all right. Thanks I'm, to our sponsor we're, we're, this week. We don't. Pirate we don't podcast. have a sponsor. They are not sponsors. <laughs> All right, we're ending it before this turns we'll into see, Ramble Fest. We'll see everybody in a couple weeks. Got a soft serve coming up, uh, hopefully a few yeah, weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. And then we've yep. got uh, another good one that we don't know what it's going to be about. <laughs> You're going to know what it's about. That. We haven't even figured that out. So, All right, thank you all for listening. We'll see you on the next one. Goodbye. Bye for now. Bye.